Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is a crowd podcast. Welcome back to the French Rookie Podcast with me, Tim Groves, ex-Scotland international Johnny Beatty and former France hooker Benjamin Kayser. And we're going to be looking ahead to this season's French-dominated European finals shortly, as well as discussing European finals generally, what those games are like to play in. You've got experienced Benji, we'll come to that in a minute. But it feels like it's ages since we last spoke, so good week. Benji, have you been been to the pub yet? Been doing anything indoors? Well, to be honest, I, I don't need a pub or a restaurant to get smashed. So I just drink my wine, my, my wine at home. Uh, no, we I haven't, haven't yet, but a really busy week uh, last week with, I uh, went back to Oxford for a little bit and stuff, which was great, but it was just a mental week. And then this week I do some consultancy, consultancy work on the side. And finally we're having face-to-face conversations, which is an absolute game changer. So all those meetings are now opening up and picking up and, and it gets life to relative normality. But obviously if I can, if I can hit a, uh, hit a restaurant and stuff, it'll be lovely. And I think Friday we're going to a pub with the Strettles, you know, with David Strettle and stuff. He lives literally 15 minutes away from my house. So it'll be a beautiful way to end, you know, the busy business uh, week and then start that weekend of rugby, which is going to be absolutely outstanding, given finally people back. So no pub, some meetings, any any soft play with the kids yet, Benji? Anything like that? Any hell? <laughs> Soft play. I actually, I haven't. No, no. To be honest, we've had. No, we had. We finally had our neighbors over. But no, we we met <laughs> poor people. We met the, the 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 another family who's absolutely lovely. I think he's got. He doesn't know it yet, but he's going to be my best mate for the next ten years. <laughs> and whose whose daughter is in the class of my daughter, and we went to their house. Absolutely lovely family, and they've got a zip wire. They've got like a playing field where like, you can play, you know, AstroTurf where you can play tennis and football and all that stuff. I'm like, listen, this is the club med for me. So forget about the, 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 the what do you say? Soft play. Forget about that. We're just going to go to their house absolutely every time that we can. You're a new rich mate. You're going to his house to play in the Flying Fox. <laughs> I love it. Oh, mate. Absolutely <laughs> lo- lovely family. And on top of that, he likes he likes drinking. So I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be mates. Friends. And Johnny, how's things with you? Uh, mate, it's still quite quiet. Um, I Last time we spoke, I've been battling in the garden. So I've been removing bamboo, digging trenches, lifting up my deck. 
basically just destroying everything, but trying to earn brownie points with the missus um, before the in-laws arrive. But the good news is that terraces arrive. Terraces? Yeah, terraces and decks are open in France from Thursday. So we can actually go to a restaurant, still sat outside, not inside, but we can sit outside and have a beer or a glass of wine with mates from Thursday. So looking forward to something this weekend. Oh, it would just make such a difference just to get out, not have to cook weirdly, but like having 18 months of cooking everything yourself. Because where we are, there aren't that many takeaways either. Um, there's no Uber Eats, there's nothing fancy, we don't have rich mates, um, they've probably got amazing stuff. So no, it's just been low key. So looking forward to getting out, um, hopefully a little meal or something at the beach or on a deck this weekend and a beer. And Tim, you called me from a soft play. Well, that's why I asked. I just wanted someone to share my pain, but no. <laughs> Steer clear. You always have yeah, that, that, that look of despair of those 19-year-olds oh. who, who get the first job in a soft play. And you, it's like all life is has left their heart. <laughs> oh, their soul has left their bodies and Dream. they're just thinking, get me out of here. You know, it's like, it's exactly that because that is a proper mayhem. It, that will test your nerves, like proper, proper. What kind of parent are you two? Are you the parent that gets dragged around and you're like in the jungle gym, you're going through the ball pit? Are you the parent that sits on your phone? Two girls, mate. I'm the one like getting stuck in the tunnel <laughs> over there in the, in the soft plate and hands and knees. Know, break it, breaking my breaking my back into. I was instinctively going to reply bad before you even started, but <laughs> no, I was there with the coffee. And um, speaking of the grind, last week we chatted about the battle for the top six in the top fourteen, and there's been a load of games since then, midweek, weekend. So how's it all panning out? I reckon it's going to be even even tougher than I expected. Um, I'm actually quite scared for my mates of Clermont. So yeah, I watched the game. I did a bit of work for the game on the Clermont-Toulon game on Saturday. Great game. They properly went at each other, both teams. And Clermont really came out on top. We can speak for two seconds about the performance of Morgan Parra. Whenever the shit hits the fan, whenever it gets really, really tough, he's always the one to step up. Clermont getting overexcited. And Morgan Parra used to be the captain, right? There's a big thing about over the leadership and the captaincy and all that. Fritz Lee was then captain for a little bit. And now they're trying to give, promote you know, the youngsters with Arthur Ituria, you know, the big number six. Yeah, he's good. But he, but poor thing, I think I think he got knocked out or he hurt his shoulder. I can't remember. He was sort of in and out of the game. He wasn't really well. And at one point, they've got a, a, a penalty. I think they're just like up. They, they're chasing Toulon by one point. And they just go in the corner, get another penalty. So it's the decision to say, when you're 10 meters out, do you go for the corner again to try to get the try? Or do you go for the post? And you can see Fritz and stuff. They all go in, you know, let's just take the line and take the line. And Morgan rocks up and he's the one kicking. So he's the one saying, no, 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 let's take the points. And that's typically him. So it's easy to say, take the points if you're not a kicker. You just have the decision to take. It's a lot harder to take the points and you know, all the responsibility of the call and of the delivery and of the outcome is on me. And I love the way that he did it. And he's been delivering. That's where I test players. He is definitely a player of the tough moments. And that's why I always loved to, to play with him because the more the, 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 the more the pressure rised, the more his level rise. He embraced it. He loved it. He lives for those moments. And that was brilliant. So a little bit of aparté on Morgan Parra, apologies. But the rest is that all those games are super, super tense. Uh, Toulon are going to struggle. But Bordeaux have got two games in hand. I didn't even realize it was against, it's against Agen and Montpellier. They could be second. If they go, if they do five points at the end, so it's gonna be mega, mega tight. I still believe that we've got the right ranking, except that I'm afraid that my mates of Toulon might drop from third to fifth, so they're having the way barrage. But I still don't see Toulon sneaking um, sneaking out, and I still don't see Stad just sneaking. But it's gonna be the last game. 
because I think Stad go to Bayonne for the last game, yeah. which is going to be the relegation battle. Mate, it was the relegation, but like the, the, so now the, the top six is sort of finding its feet and, and also that win for Stade Francais was huge. Like against Montpellier, who sent the kids and picked up a With red bonus card. Points. Exactly. Like Stade yeah. Francais could easily sneak into that sixth spot, which we talked about last week. Bordeaux, massive win against Castle, like hard conditions and Christophe Urios talked after the game. He had a massive rant about how everyone wants everyone to play offloads and there's different ways to play. They get like it was a great speech if you can if you can find it on YouTube and speak French. Like he's great. He's great to listen to. And people constantly poke holes in the way his teams play and they're just pragmatic and are they boring and blah. And he just like shut up everyone. Like there has to be Man, different was, ways. I thought it was awesome. And honestly, he's one of those coaches that I so I like you know him, Johnny. I, yeah. I don't know him personally. Big guy. Two more top 14 games, barrage semi-final. Five games, you win the trophy, and you've done something that Bordeaux has never done. Well, the new Bordeaux has never done in sort of their history. They've never qualified for the playoffs. That's just Crazy. something that's unreal. And they were sky high last year, dominating everyone, but they've never qualified. So he's trying to shift that mindset. For, Let's stop being beautiful. Let's stop being Bordeaux, the beautiful town, and think about the wine and this and that, the experience. Focus on 80 minutes of rugby where we're going to kill everyone. The true champions, they don't need the perfect ref, the perfect sunshine, the perfect fans, the perfect this. They will win any day, any time against anyone. And that's that sort of mindset he was giving. But I actually loved it. Uh, I, I really loved it. It was really genuine. It was heartfelt. It was pretty cool. It says something really nice in it. He says, whoever said that I have to play uh, rugby in a certain way, I can decide to play rugby with the team that I've got, with the club that I am, and with the region that I represent. And I think that's a really important point when he says really the region cool. that I represent. Yeah. Because, that, Johnny, you'll know that. Maybe you can tell us more about it. But he is massive on the the, the pride of, of, of belonging. He's all about identity. He would wind them and wind them. Not say, oh, we can't be as big and as powerful as Toulouse. No, 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 no. He was probably feeding it. We are the small, humble, hardworking farmers. And that's who we are. Don't ever, you know, deviate from it. And so embrace who you are rather than trying to be something else. It was really cool. It was all about tapping into the identity of where you were representing. Who are you representing really? I don't know. That, that's, that's what I'm saying. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking for it. Me? I don't know. Uh, but it all came down to even things like pre-season. So like the very first thing you do in pre-season, which normally would be in any club normally is a piss up or you do a bit of team building, something a bit physical, a bit tiring, and then you have a barbecue, which we did. But the very first weeks were, it was almost, what do you call it? You know, when you get like a pen and paper and you have to go around and find different parts of the town and write down and, and find artifacts or find different information, or you have to go into this shop and engage with this guy and ask for this bit of information. And that was, it was all that. The first week was, a, I don't know what you call it, not a randonnée, but a... Sounds like a treasure hunt. Orienteering? Like sort almost of. Orienteering. Course d'orientation. A, a course d'orientation. There you go. Orienteering. And that's what you would do with Christoph in your first week was you would start to engage and learn about your town. And I thought that was fantastic. I'd never done that before. Um, so you start to learn a little bit about the butcher that is going to be you're buying your meat from on the weekend, like engaging with people, uh, engaging with the rugby public, which in cast was massive. And don't get me wrong, every town in the south of France is rugby daft. But Christoph was just wonderful at tapping into that. It was how do you engage with people? How do you start to understand who you're representing? And then that story was slightly turned into the rugby. How are we going to play? How do we engage ourselves physically? Because for him, it's, it's a fight. Like rugby in terms of set plays and, and set moves, it's not that. It's heart. It's engaging people. It's building people to come together and fight as a team and, and represent something bigger than A, yourself and your teammates. And that's what he's doing with Bordeaux. He did it last year where they were terrific as well. Um, but just a really interesting bloke, uh, great orator, as I've said numerous times, 
fantastic motivator. And look, I love the way, again, as you said, Benji, like who told me how I have to play rugby? Like rugby players don't care. It's We're playing to win and champions have to learn to win ugly. That's exactly what he said. Bordeaux have finished seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth in previous years, all with the same budgets, one of the biggest budgets in top 14. I am here to win. I'm here to help this team win and I don't care how. Great to hear Kane Douglas's thoughts on Christopher Urias last week as yeah. well. They're not quite in the Champions Cup final this weekend after losing to Toulouse in the semi. So we'll get on to talking about that in a minute. But we've got a new sponsor on board, haven't we, Benji? We do, mate. We do. Listen, uh, the French are known for their joie de vivre, obviously. <laughs> their, their poetry, their wine, but massive about their food. But yeah, we've got something for everyone to cook as a Frenchman. So the meter is the world's first best wireless smart meat thermometer. My lamp shoulder has never tasted better. I can pretend that I'm like an absolute rock star. I can finally make my password proud. And Johnny, you're cooking like a Frenchman now, aren't you? Are you using the meter? I enjoy Cote de Boeuf pretty much every weekend, which isn't easy to do. So look, it removes all the faff out of it. When I have French families over, they can maybe judge me for being a British cook, but this sort of passes me off as, as a French cook. I get it right every weekend now. So no, it's helping me in saving my bacon on my plancha at the weekend. Absolutely. It takes all the guesswork out of cooking, whether it's in the oven or in the barbecue. And if you want to bring your A-game to the table this summer, like Johnny and Benji, you can get your hands on a meter with 10% off by using the code FRENCHPOD10 at meter.com. That's the code FRENCHPOD and the number 10 at meter.com. Raise the stakes with Meter and Le French Rugby Podcast. Hello, I'm Garrett Thomas. And I'm Tom Fordyce. And this is your official invite to come and join our brand new cycling club. Now, good news, it's a podcast too. So you can come and listen to us, try and build this club from scratch. And we'll have a few familiar faces joining us for the ride too. Right, G, time to tell everyone what we've called this club. Well, we thought long and hard about this. So we come up with a strong original name that really stands out. The Garrett Thomas Cycling Club. Yeah, I suppose it's easy to remember at least, isn't it? We will have new episodes for you every single Tuesday. Come and join us. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
let's have a look at the European finals now then. And we'll start with your experiences, Benji. Dare I ask? I mean, you've, you've been in a lot of finals. It's not just any other game, is it? How are they going to be feeling to lose in La Rochelle this weekend? Listen, it's, it's an extraordinary time for them as, as human beings, as players, as a club. Um, my life dream, I think you win the Brennus for yourself. For me, winning the Champions Cup is about putting that star on your jersey. And that is just absolutely second to none. It just feels like it's not, obviously it's played every year, but it just feels because everybody knows you don't really, it's almost impossible to be in a position to win it every year. It's not almost impossible, but it's very, very rare. And the teams who win it seem to build some sort of yeah dynasty. And it's a much, it's a much heavier legacy, I feel, because you're literally putting your club uh, on, on the map of Europe. And so it's always been an absolute dream of mine. Unfortunately, I broke my, my teeth on it five times, but that's just, just how it is. Uh, like you said, it took me a while to say, to be proud that I've lost the most finals because you actually need to get there. Rare for us mere mortals, five finals, Benji. Not, not yeah, many people yeah, have no, done that. Crazy. That's what I mean. But uh, I mean, then it's, it took me a long time. It took me a long time because for one, it's not about me. It's the team every single time and there's different uh, opponents. There's different scenarios. It's not like I was with the same team for the whole time and then we lost it repeatedly, you know what I mean? So, um, so I just think it's, it's something, there's something special about it. To lose with four stars on the jersey already, it's something that's in them. If you want to be a real Toulouse guy, if you want to be, if Antoine Dupont wants to rise to the level of Jérôme Casalbou, Fred Michalak and Thierry Dussotoir, he needs to win Europe. If if the uh, Romain Tamac and Julien Marchand, well, not Julien unfortunately, but all the others, you know, if they want to actually really be as big, because that's what people maybe in England don't understand. But I was brought up with Toulouse. I said that to Census the other day, watching watching VHS cassettes of them winning back to back four times. They won the league back to back, and then they won Europe. I think in '95 or '96 for like one of the first uh, things, and then they won it again and again. So you have Berets that went up and then went back down. Stade Francais were there and then they went back down. Toulouse, if they missed one year, they were back the year after. Toulouse winning a Brennus is well done, mate. You're just part of the gang now. That's it. Join the and club. So, <laughs> the back yeah, of the line. You just, you know, exactly. Join the line. So it will be beautiful to see a bunch of youngsters trying to really take Toulouse into the next dimension and build their new dynasty because that's the day. And then La Rochelle in a very, very different mindset being like, this is icing on the cake for us, but we are very, very hungry and we want to go at it and seize the opportunity that's in front of us before John leaves. So it, it will be a beautiful final. I can't wait to see it. The, the, the fact that there's 10,000 fans just already puts a smile on my face. It's not enough, but wow, is it still good to, you know, to, to see it. No, no fake crowd noises and at least a bit of, <laughs> sorry, I can't hear you anymore. That would be beautiful. But it's just, it is a very, very, very special moment. And to be honest, good job that, that, that Julien Marchand is not playing because I think if they'd won it and he lifted, it, I could feel, I could, I could have felt that I was lifting it a little bit with him <laughs> and it could have, it could have caught my emotions. <laughs> Mate, I was going to ask you, see when you, obviously Clermont, massive club, massive budget, you're picked up by that team because you're an outstanding hooker and a great bloke. So that they want to have you part of the furniture. Then an understanding that with that team, there comes a certain expectation because they have that budget and they roll out and they expect to compete in the top 14 and the Champions Cup each and every year. But when you get to that level of a final where you've played against a Toulon and the guys are going to play against La Rochelle this weekend, is there a realization that it's almost a 50-50 because there's so much quality in both sides, like there's not much, we'll get on, we'll analyze the, the sides this weekend. There's not much between them at all. You've got so much talent and so much quality. 
And did you kind of get that in your finals as well? Like it's almost like going to a casino and, and betting red or black. Like you could have won four or five finals easily in the games that you played in those tight ones. You definitely could have won. So is there a feeling? Obviously, you have the regrets, but you're there almost with a chip in a chair. You've got the talent, you've got the players, and you know you can do it. Is there a sort of mental approach that you know it could go either way really quickly? I, I might come clean on something, and I don't want to get too much into the emotion of things because it could be a bit heavy for me personally, but. I have massive regrets on certain finals about not stepping up to the occasion, not rising in terms of intensity to the occasion. And to be honest, what you're saying is true about the 50-50, but it doesn't, it doesn't pick a side. It's rare determination and hunger to win. And I've seen that in every single final that, I, that I've played. Those that I won, those that I lost. And the only one that stands out, that was a bit, oh, we did everything we, sh we, sh we should have, we could have, and we should have won it. The only one, the only regret my whole career is the 2013 uh, Aviva Stadium against Toulon when we lost by one point and we played so well that whole season and we were ready and we were hungry and pardon my French, we fucked them up for 16 yeah. minutes and we really did. But then there's that one extraordinary play where, you know, we get a knock-on advantage, Dylan Hermitage picks it up, they steal the ball, blah, 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 and he wanks at us, whatever. And after that, we don't get one penalty for 20 minutes and we miss two drop goals. That one is the heartbreak. That one is tough and, and fair play to Toulon who had that experience and that resilience of just never, ever, ever giving up. But if you ask them, I've chatted to them a lot and, you know, Chris Massoy is a good mate and all that. They're like, we should have not won that one. That's the only one where we just sneaked out. And, and that's the only one that holds like a, left a, a, a massive hole in my heart. All the other ones, we were, we were outplayed, outhearted, out, uh, we were beaten by passion. 2017 against Saracens, we should have lost by 45 points. But because we're a good side, we actually only lost by five points. And because we, we, we were dominated from one to 80 minutes because they had that determination that was absolutely second to none. And they just, you know, put the gas on full tilt and then it was impossible to, to go with them. So it's not a matter of are we a good side? Is they wanted, they knew how to want it better than us. In 2015, in same Twickenham against Toulon, we got bullied physically. We got bullied. We were probably a better side in terms of rugby, but rugby is a confrontational sport. So it's all going to be down to that. So I, I, I've never bought into the thing of it can go either way. I've, I, it took me a long time to actually digest it and to admit it. I personally did not step up in, in, enough for what the role of hooker should have been in certain times because to win a title, you need to go the extra mile. You need to go the extra edge. You need to add the extra 10%, which is unmeasurable. If I play 100% of my ability, it's not enough. But then what's 110%? I don't know. Nobody does. That's the problem. It's a, you just don't know what it is. But in those games, the only one where I played perfectly and we lost in 2013, I could have not done anything better than that. But that's just, you know, the gods of rugby, was, that's how it is. The sport can be a bit ruthless. But the other one, heart will always overcome anything. Because in rugby, when 15 guys want it more than others, you can go through freaking brick walls. And without dredging up the old emotions or opening up, up old wounds for you. You won one at the end of your career, the Challenge Cup final. You lost some. So you're the best placed person on the planet probably to discuss the the differences in in emotions of of European finals. So just give us that contrast of what it's like when the final whistle goes. Obviously you feel like you've put everything in and you lose. And then the contrast at the end of your career, you feel like you've put everything in and you finally got that trophy. It, it, it was, I'm not going to lie to you. It was really, really tough. Like I went to some pretty dark moments 
within the world of sport and playing finals. So if that's a dark moment, you know, put it back into perspective. But for the symbolic, 2005, we play Stade Francais against Toulouse. We lose it overtime, right? But I'm 21. I'm 20, actually. So I, I was sad, don't get me wrong. But, you know, I was still like blown away by being there. And I come up after the 50th minute and we go to overtime. So in the end, I played 50 minutes. So was, I was drenched in stuff. That's Murfield in the visitor stadium. Four years later, I go again with Leicester Tigers and we lose to Leinster, their first title with Johnny Sexton, who's only 21. We're like, who's that? Who's that guy? We're going we're gonna to blow him up. And we didn't. <laughs> and, um, and, he, and he did really well. And I sat down, same cubicle, same change room, same stadium as four, hours before, four years before. And I was like, holy shit, I don't want no, please not again. Then we go 2013, the, the Dublin Viva, the one that I told you. And then 2015 is, is Twickenham. And 2017 against Saracens, same changing room, same oh, stadium, same blood. <laughs> I was, I, that one really hit me in the nuts. But I mean, I was broken. I was broken after that one because I was thinking, you know, I just, it's, whatever I do is just not enough and this and that. But again, my mindset was to think about me. And that was the wrong mindset. Think about the team. Think about, you know, the collective that God is there. It's not just about me. I'm not allowed to be more sad than the 20-year-old, who, than Damien Penaud, who didn't have care in the world after that, you know, 2017 loss against Saracens. Because it's a team thing. It's not about me. It's about the club. It's about the team. It's about the whole thing. And if I don't win it, then that's irrelevant. It's more that the, the club didn't get the reward that it wanted, right? But there's, there's an element of European rugby, which, which is the reason why I love it so much is that with top 14, you can concentrate on only the fire, only the, the fight, only the heart, right? Let's go and smash them. And heart will always prevail. That's what I feel. You know, cast against Toulon in, I can't remember the years, 2013 or something like that. And they, it was pure heart, pure determination, pure will to, to desire, you know, to beat whoever's in front. Because clearly to Toulon side in front, one to one, one to 15 had better players. But they wanted it more, they won it. Same against Montpellier, then a couple of years later. Montpellier were on fire, but they wanted it more. They won, right? I know that in European rugby, in Champions League, it's just not enough. You need the heart and the desire, like I said to you earlier. You need to want it more. But on top of that, you need to top it up with some super skills, some super strategy, some actual high-tempo, positive, almost international rugby level. And that's what makes it so complicated. You need to have the heart, the, you know, the fire and the brain at the same time. So that, that's what makes it so, sort of so frustrating and so complex to deal with. And then, you know, dealing with the ref at the right time for the right reason and this and that. So I, I, unfortunately, unfortunately, I can't tell you what it feels like to win the Champions Cup, but it would have been actually probably more of a relief than happiness, <laughs> to be honest. But, but it, it, it would have been absolutely precious. But when you lose it, you realize how complicated it is. I was actually more... I almost wanted to applaud Toulon for when they won it three times in a, in a row. I wanted to applaud Saracens for winning it consecutively because I know how hard it is, that thing. It, it takes a long time to get there. It takes a long time to win it once. So to win it back-to-back -back is just next level. And then the Challenge Cup is just a different, completely different thing. We were by a mile the best team of that competition. So it was like, from the get-go, we were like, we're going to take this seriously. We want to win every single game. And we did. And we did well and we had a big laugh and a big smile on our faces. Uh, but it was a matter of, listen, this is our cup. It's got a name on it. Whoever wants to get close to it, just bite his fingers off. That, that was our attitude for that whole season. And we delivered and it was, it was beautiful. To be honest, it was, it was beautiful. When you work hard for something and you get the reward, collectively, it's, it is beautiful.
And turning our attention to this year's finals, then you mentioned the difference there between a top 14 final where Hart comes into it more and a European final. The fact that we've got two top 14 teams in the Champions Cup final, will that make it more like a top 14 final? The ref, mate, the ref, the, the ref is, is, the, is the key man in, in all this. It's, it's, it's going to be the, the absolute differentiator. So I think the Challenge Cup is Andrew Brace, right? I think it's the, um, the guy. And then the, the, the Champions Cup is the, is the English guy. Was it, what's his name again? Luke Pierce. Who's very He's sharp. He's good. Who's very sharp, who's very international rugby orientated and stuff. So that's exactly what I mean by it. They're going to have to bring the fire and stuff, but they're going to have to have the brains to adapt to international rugby type of refereeing. And that's going to be the, the, the key element in this. If you overcommit and overlet you know, your heart uh, show too much emotion, he will ping you because there's too many opportunities on a rugby field, sh- small little shots to the head, a ruck area, tackle area, scrummaging area, driving malls, all those very high tempo physicality uh, confrontational moments. He will be super analytical about it. Whereas in top 14, you know, they could look at it and be like, yeah, it's a final. Of course, they're full on. Of course, they might be a little bit over the top, you know, but it's a final. So you sort of understand the whole thing. There, he's going to be, you know, with a microscope looking at everything, but that's, that's international rugby. So you're right to, to, to say that it's going to be a bit random. It's really, it's actually really interesting to see potentially those two teams could face in top 14 final, right? It would actually make sense. They're, they're top and second. Yep. And it would be beautiful to see the difference of two finals because I'm telling you, it's not the same sport. <laughs> it's not. People have said two French teams in the final. Should we not have a French referee? Do you go along with that or not? No, not at all. European rugby is, the whole idea is that it's the step up before international rugby. Yes, I understand. If there's two French sides facing each other, okay. Just the language thing and the way that the style of refereeing, they'll be used to it more. That's what some people would say. Is that a good thing? I'm not oh. sure. No, I'm not sure. No, no. In that, let the international refs ref with European rugby with that same consistency uh, that the international rugby uh, demands. That's what makes the French game, for me personally, take a whole different dimension. Because we are the one of the rare countries that can have the heart and the brains. It took us a long time to get there, don't get me wrong. But people love a bit of that emotion. They love a bit of, of that craziness. But before, we couldn't back it with some proper brains. We only had the heart. And now they've got both. And Toulouse can do both. And La Rochelle have shown that they can do both. That's what makes us incredible. So no, definitely keep the, the foreign refs in there. And you mentioned it earlier, Benji. No Julien Marchand. So clearly that's a big blow to you. <laughs> How, big a blow is it? <laughs> How big a blow is it to Toulouse? Yeah, it's a big blow. To be honest, I sent him I sent him a long message because a long voice note because I really felt for him. He's don't forget, you know, in, in 2019 for my last game, he was he, he broke his ACL. Yeah. He broke his I was there actually. I was there for France Ireland, his first cap, I think it's his second cap, maybe he came off the bench the week before and he broke his ACL at the 79th minute of the game, which means the whistle is blown, everybody's off the field, and he's on his own in the middle of the pitch. It was it was heartbreaking, and I was there next to. So I told you, I'm I'm really friendly with his family and stuff. Basically, his 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 cousin is my business partner in France, and so that's that's one father and the the brother that that's Julien Marchand's dad, and so so his, you know, my mate's uncle was next to us, and it was his first, first or second. I think it might have been his first cap or whatever, and he was delighted to see his son and stuff. All he could see was the incident, and he didn't have a smile. He was just looking at it, petrified or being like. He's seriously hurt. You know when you see, you know when you have the people come in and like test the knee and it doesn't look good and they start waving, come and get him, come and get him. You know it stinks, right? And so everybody was 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 happy after the game and this and that. I can't remember if they won or lost or whatever. And he was miserable. And Julian was crying in the middle of the field because he just broke his ACL for you know cap number two. Then 2019, 
well, that, that same year, sorry, but he, he doesn't go to the top 14 final. He lifts it with Jerome Kano, but, but he's not playing. So he's the captain, he's the leader. He's, so it's the second major final of his team that he's going to lose, right? So I just send him a long message saying, listen, I actually feel for you. It's, it's just a, the harshness bit of professional sports. Sometimes, you know, bigger things come in hand and that's his way to actually make, he knows and he knew that already because he's a good leader, that his way of reacting to this can have such an impact on on his team and the way that they perform next week. If he embraces this thing, if you know, lift his chin up, show that it's bigger than us, I can easily imagine him then saying, but boys, do you think it's about us? It's about putting Toulouse back to where it should be. It's about adding that fifth, fifth star. It's about you know challenging what I said to you earlier. For Antoine Dupont to be the best player in the world is one thing. For Antoine Dupont to be the best nine that Toulouse has ever seen in their history, that's different. You need to win some titles. You need to bring, you know, put the silverware uh, cupboard back open and fit it up. And so that was his thing. But he, no, he, so he obviously, I, I felt for him and just even in the shits, try to find some positive out of some negative, you know, build yourself stronger. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. It's all that bullshit psychology, but which is true though. There's always something that he can learn from this experience. And there's some strength that he's going to use later on. He can't see it right now because it's too hard, but he'll say, see it later on. And so we had this good chat and stuff. And then he just mentioned that he was gutted because they apparently prepared the the interview with the citing commissioner uh, really, really well with a letter from Romain Buros, the fullback for Bordeaux, saying that he wasn't hurt, it was nothing. Apparently, they had a physician who sort of looked at the, the body mechanics and whatever, who was proving um, by A plus, A plus B that the impact, he could almost measure just with images, the impact uh, how do you say that? Power. The, the, you measure the impact, which was hardly anything. And apparently the the side commission or whatever just said, oh, all this is irrelevant. We can't take it into consideration because X, Y, and Z, because it's never been done before. And so they just want to, you know, forget about all the arguments you just gave us, irrelevant. And he asked the jury then to forget, you know, that's how it goes, right? Don't even take into consideration the evidence that was given to you and go, go Joshua. So he just felt there was a proper kid kicking the nuts of not, he wasn't even allowed to to defend himself. Well, the interesting bit that you picked up, it's just the leadership aspect. So we've all played with players where it is about them and they go and sulk and they go into a corner, the way he carries himself, how that can impact the rest of his teammates to carry themselves through to win another trophy. Absolutely. And no no qualms or, or no question, that's how he'll carry, especially after speaking with you. He'll know you've been there, you've done it and he will have that impact on his team. He'll be going around having little words in people's ears, motivating them, Let's do this for each other. Let's do this for our club. Let's do this for our town. It's huge. And he's far from the only guy missing for Toulouse. They've had they've had injuries in recent months. They're building up and building up, especially in the backs. Friend of the show, Zach Holmes, looks like he's the latest to be ruled out. So what are we going to see from Toulouse in the backs? Are we going to see Roman Entomac shifted to centre with Thomas Ramos starting at fly half? We're going to see Juan Cruz Malia starting in the centres who, who hasn't been at Toulouse very long. I mean, it's kind of makeshift, isn't it? That's a good point. I, I don't know. I don't know, mate. Yohan Nuget is out, but they've got Mathis Lebel. I think they might... It's, mate, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a very, very complicated one. I think you know that Chilisin Kobe, Max Medar, and uh, Mathis Lebel are going to be the, the backfield. Zach Holmes, let's face it, was already replacing Sofiane Gitoun. At 13. So when you have another one missing out, it's, it, it could be an option to put Thomas Ramos. Basically, the idea would be like, put you know, whoever they are, put your best players on the field and they'll, they'll sort it. You could have Thomas Ramos play with play with Romain Tamak. 
that's that's a really tough one for me. It's just whoever plays, it's whoever whoever fills that thirteen jersey. So you're going to have Dupont and to your ten. 9-10 access, surely. You don't think they'd move into that? No, I don't think so. I think that they're such key players. They've been so good. They've led so well throughout the duration, the entirety of the year, both for France and for Toulouse. I don't think you mess with that now in a final. Um, Peter Aki got things going to play at 12 because he's been outstanding. Every time he takes the field, he's, he's world class, let's face it. Um, it's who fills that 13 jersey, who comes in. And then it's do you stick Mali in at 13 in a cup final or do you shift somebody that you can maybe... And again, you have to understand 13 is the hardest position to defend in on the field. So it might be a case of security. Who can we get in? And Zach's done a tremendous job over the past couple of months of bolstering that 13 jersey defensively as well, which is not easy. Who can we trust in our team to fill in that 13 jersey? And that's the question that Ugo Mola is going to have to answer with Pochino, um Thursday, Friday when he names the side. And they've picked Cheslin Colby at 10 a few times this season. We're not going to see that, are we? <laughs> I don't think so. Not in finals rugby. And whoever's there, I mean... They're still good players, but is that an area that Larachelle will be looking at thinking maybe this is an area we can target? Where, 10, 12, 13? Yeah, that, yeah. that, that 13 channel, because that 13 channel is, as you say, the most difficult position to defend on the pitch. It's one of the most pivotal positions in terms of your defensive system. If they've got someone who doesn't normally play there, is that an area, if you're Ronan O'Gara and John O'Gibbs, you're looking at that thinking, this is something we've got to target. It's about testing their, their defensive combination. That, that's a good point. Uh, because they, you need, the, you know, 12 and 13 need to know uh, who's going to do what and how. So it's not about the one-on-one tacklings, but the, the general sort of defensive strategy. So that, that's a good point. But I, I don't see La Rochelle playing an overcomplicated game. I see them actually trying to impose and, and suffocate them and deny to lose their, their, their strengths from the start. And that, that's, that's how they're going to go. <laughs> There's going to be a massive kicking game around there. Mathis Lebel is going to drown on their high balls because he's going to put under a lot of pressure. But... It's, it's true. It makes a good argument that it's the, the lack of experience of a combination will obviously have some gaps at some point, and you just need one opportunity, you know, for for a window to open up and for them to go to go behind the line. So, knowing how Ronan O'Gara loves to plan a strategy behind it and stuff, it, it could it could be an option. And contrasting warm-ups for both of them, La Rochelle, massive win, thrashing Ajen, and they didn't rest too many, a few, but not too many, and to lose losing to buy on Johnny, but they rested a lot more, didn't they? They did. I'm still not sure if it's the right thing to do. Well, but that was a huge boost for, for Bayon to come up against Toulouse, where normally you'd expect to lose and probably Toulouse to take five points from that game. But they came up against an academy side. You had Joe Takori was playing a couple of older heads, but really that's a massive win for, for Bayon. That effectively, I think, keeps them in the top 14. But again, in terms of prep for Toulouse, that's effectively now three weeks that they haven't played together. I'm not sure, Benji, again, you can talk from a previous experience about going into finals undercooked or do you think that's going to have a big effect? Like effectively they haven't played. You saw Dupont there watching with, he was watching the stand like through his fingers, obviously desperate to be on the pitch. But do you think the fact that they haven't played at any rugby effectively at all for three weeks? Um, and then you've got that question of 13. Do you think that kind of leads in a little bit unfavorably to the final? It's, it's, it's always a complicated strategy. I've been in both both sides where the, you have coaches that never wanted, that would rest everyone. You would play the quarters, then you would not touch a ball of rugby until the semi. And then again, the same thing. And I had Vern Cotter, who always, at the end of Six Nations, whenever you were absolutely trashed after international rugby, would always put his star- starting uh, side just before the quarters. And to be fair, 
it, it, it did us a favor, but I would love to be fresh before a game. It just depends, you know, as long as everybody believes in that strategy of what Hugo Mola wants to put together, they're going to do the most of it and stay fresh and focus and keep all that energy from, for later. Um, but they, they just simply, with the depth of, of squad that they have, especially in the backs, they couldn't afford to take any risks. So, yeah. so I think it was the right strategy to do. And you mentioned Ronan Ogara and the, the tactics that La Rochelle might employ. Where is the game going to be won and lost, do you think? If you had to put money on it, do either side have the edge in the coaching battle? Where is it? I mean, because physically, you look at them and you think they match up quite evenly. Like, La Rochelle yeah. normally yeah. try and dominate up front, but surely not against Toulouse. In the backs, we've mentioned the injuries Toulouse have. Where's it going to be won and lost? I think they're both really, well, they're both extremely settled. That's the thing. They're both really well-run teams, extremely well-organized, physical. They defend well. I'm almost thinking if if Ronald O'Garrafi's watched that Bordeaux game, he might look for inspiration in the way they kicked and just say, look, let's just kick deep. Let's not play anything in our half. Kick deep, force to lose to be stupid and run everything out. But, but effectively, whoever controls ball, there's going to be marginal victories at scrum time. Like we'll see little things go either way, um, which gives away field position. But whoever, whoever can control field position and retain possession, that's the thing we've watched La Rochelle as well. It's so hard to get the ball back from them. They're so well organized. You think whoever comes off better and a couple of key decisions with referees coming into it, it's going to be tight. Like, re- I don't know, Benji, if you see any different, but in terms of coaching, I don't see much difference in the way they approach the game. Um, to lose maybe a bit more flair, maybe a bit more offloading, maybe a bit looser, but they've shown that they've got the X factor and the quality to back it up. In that game against Bordeaux, they were just exceptional. So but I think you've got, you've got two teams that are phenomenal. O'Gara keeps talking about this, keep the ball longer. His mantra is like, keep the ball, squeeze the opposition, tire them out. And then that's where you see these defensive frailties when they get teams to an edge into that 13 channel, they're converting everything because they've got such good quality out wide. So look, extremely hard to call, but I think it's going to be down to some seriously small decisions. Refereeing things might come into it. Again, cards might come into it. Who's off the pitch um, and who can mark, who can get points on the board um, at key times. Um, But in terms of coaching, not much between them at all. Both really well-run teams. Funnily enough, the, the experience of Ronan O'Gara, John O'Gibbs is absolutely second to none in Champions Cup. And I do feel it's going to have a slight, slight edge on Hugo Mola. But Hugo Mola is a very good coach who knows how to maneuver the talent that he's got in Toulouse better than anybody else. And he's done it for the last, he's built this, this team, right? For the last couple of years, taking some ballsy decisions. You, you, you said about putting Thomas Ramos at 10. And that's what he did in the final against us in 2019. Romain Tamak is on the bench. He sticks to those things, you know, and I was thinking, he's crazy. This is good for us and stuff, but he, he really does deliver at a certain moment. So because he knows them better than anybody else, right? He's only the coach that sees them every day. But I do think, so his ability to maneuver them and his ability to put them in a position where they can actually just show off and showcase their God-given talent. You don't need to put a strategy in place for Chelsea and Colby to sidestep a guy. You don't need to put a strategy for, you know, Famuina to bump off a guy and then flick it off the back with Cyril Bay and all that. You don't need to uh, create something for Antoine Dupont to go because there, there's so much threat everywhere that you sort of need to get them to the position where they can express themselves the best, right? Whereas I do feel that for La Rochelle, they're extraordinary at the moment, but they need that structure and that strategy from the coaches. So that's where La Rochelle might have just a slight different edge because they will know, I know those two coaches will prepare the hell of a game. If there's a tiny little bit of weakness, they will find it and they will prepare something special, a special move, a special play, a special something just to try to adapt to this thing. So I don't think it will be won by the, by the coaches, but it'll be, it's really interesting to see in terms of, of management what, um, what different styles can, can bring. 
the difference between two teams is still very small. Just, I just have a feeling that there's a tiny bit more creativity, explosiveness in the Toulouse side. That's when they're hot, they just make them absolutely unstoppable. But a final is is always a moment where there's something that you haven't planned that happens. And it'll be interesting to see how both teams win it, um, address it. So I really do think that La Rochelle will be very conscious that they, they need to go hard out, but they need to create something special. Whereas Toulouse can be will be able to know that they can have the confidence that as long as they're in the game, some sort of magic will happen at some point, which might get them over the, the line. So come on then, you guys have got a pretty good record when it comes to predictions and I need to know where to put my money this weekend. So <laughs> put your reputations on the line. What's the score going to be? Um, very, very tight margins. I'll say... Oh, here you go. I'll say after extra time. Yes. <laughs> I'll, after extra time, nineteen uh, sixteen for Toulouse. I honestly have no idea. This is why I asked earlier about the fifty fifties because I think like it's one bit of X factor from Cheslin Colby. They win the game, but one nice piece of creative organization from Ron Nogara and Jonah Gibbs and Lara Shell win the game. Um, and then you compare the way through, like Arnold Brothers going up against Sazi and Gordon Liner. There's nothing to pick between them. Scrum time, all awesome. Um, and then we talk about X Five. You got Dupont, Colby can do anything. You got Dulan, Rul, Botia, West, other side. Do you know what? Because they're friends of the show, and we haven't had anyone from La Rochelle, I'm also going to go Toulouse. Um, <laughs> but that's what's swaying it for me, honestly. This minute, I can't pick between them. Um, two completely different ways of, of winning a game ultimately um but i just think maybe it's to lose his time we talked about those guys like dupont and tamac there was also an interesting article that rory cockett wrote during the week about everyone talking about dupont being world class and he's saying you can't talk about somebody being world class unless they've won the biggest trophies unless they've won the champions cup or they've won a world cup and i just think maybe it's their time that young french generation that's coming through um and so possibly they'll nick it this weekend and maybe earn a little bit more recognition for the players that they're becoming and briefly on the Challenge Cup final then as well, are we going to see French teams win both the Champions and Challenge Cup finals in the same season for the first time since 1997? Or are your old team, Benji Leicester, going to ruin that stat? It's a possibility. I, I do see that Montpellier, they're taking this very, very seriously. Right, It's a way for them to save the season. Uh, they've completely shifted mindsets. They've pretty much um, got the um, relegation out of their window in the last 10 days so they can fully concentrate on this thing. Uh, remember I said to you that Philippe Saint-André was really scared about those eight games or three games in eight yeah. days and they absolutely delivered. So they, they got what they needed and they can fully focus on it. André Pollard is back. There's still going to be Kobius Reynac probably on the bench with him. There's still going to be all that talent ready to, to, to properly you know, show how good they can be at full tilt. I'm really happy what's happening at Leicester at the moment. I, I just see them completely shifting dimension, uh, creating something of their own. They're not, don't get me wrong, both teams would get seriously pumped by either Toulouse or La Rochelle, but they're really creating something of their own. They're really on the rise of saying, it's pretty similar paths of saying this is our first proper step to redemption, to shine again, you know, to putting the, the club where it should be. And I was part of Leicester at a time where winning was normality. It was expected of you. And the final is not an achievement. The final is good. Yeah, great. 
What we want is silverware. And so I think they're winning that mentality now. And so all I hear is good stuff from Steve Borthwick's coaches, coaching methodology, and the fact that he's putting culture back in, in, into it and the boys are buying into it. And I think they're delivering. So really interesting final, actually. I'm really happy to, 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 be, to be there. And again, a very, very tight margin. But, but Montpellier, when they're on full tilt, they can be pretty lethal. So I would still see them just, just ahead, probably. I think I'd agree. I think if you'd asked three, four weeks ago, we probably thought that Montpellier weren't even going to be able to field a full string. But the fact that they can go full noise and actually get all of their big dogs on the pitch, coupled with the fact that they went on that run seven unbeaten, they've got nothing to lose. And look, both of them going through a sort of a rebuild phase, if you like, they're not the most attractive teams to watch in terms of attack going forward with what they do with the ball, but they both defend bloody well, like big men, physical, abrasive. And I just think in that area, like Leicester are, are turning a corner as well, but in terms of the depth and what Mopelli are going to have on the bench in a final, I think they'll have too much for Leicester. Um, so yeah, Tim, I would say both sides this year for the first time uh, to be won by um, by French sides. I just think, I just think even though they don't play the most attractive stuff, they've just got too much firepower. Um, and that confidence is key. We talked about heart and guts earlier, Benji. It'll be exactly that. Montpellier have been in this situation before. They beat Harlequins, I think it was, last time they were in this um, in the Challenge Cup final. And I think they can do it again. Interesting. So both picking Montpellier then? Yeah. Just, yeah. feel a bit ashamed to say because I would be delighted for for Leicester to win it again. In either way, a fantastic weekend of European rugby. Yeah, ahead. absolutely. And fans back, as you said, Benji. Really oh. important fans back. And you'll be there, Benji. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm doing commentary for French TV on on Friday, and I'm doing pitch side for BT on Saturday. So really, really chuffed. I'll I'll, I'll be able to watch both games. I'll be I'll be just as a symbolic. I will, you know, chop a nice pint before for the nerves and a couple <laughs> after for the happiness. Uh, it's just those simple things, you know, we always take for granted. But it, it's going to be beautiful. Now I can't wait. Excellent. See you at Twicken and Benji. Big thanks to you and to Johnny and for all of you guys for listening as well. Make sure you hit subscribe, leave us a nice review if you can too, and we'll be back with another episode next week. Au revoir, guys. Au revoir. See you, boys. Crowd Network, a place where you belong. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.